There are so many setbacks in life designed to take you down, to knock you out, to beat you into submission. They seem bigger than you, stronger than you, and smarter than you. Defeat is easy because all you have to do is call out its name, turn around, and go home. The moment, though, you begin to see your setbacks for what they really are and who you really are is the moment that something great will begin to awaken inside of you. Realize that you were put on this earth for a reason. You were designed with a purpose, so there must be a way to beat them. Look closer and you'll see that the very setbacks designed to take you out have a huge flaw. The greatest weakness is that all their strength can easily overcome one person. So if you battle by yourself, church, listen, you will lose every time. But when you realize you're not alone, when you get up, when you look them right in the eyes and you begin your assault, battle ready, if you will. Before long, you become your setback's greatest adversary, forcing it to submit to a heavenly authority, easily overcome and easily defeated. You took that setback, you put it under your feet and you used it as a step up towards fulfilling your calling and God's purpose in your life. Now you're at your greatest because God is great in you. Don't feed the lies of the setbacks in your path because your setbacks can become God's divine set ups for a miraculous comeback. You guys are fired up. Fired up, I can tell. Happy New Year. I just saw that, uh, that teaser, that trailer, that bumper video for the very first time this morning. Can we just honor our productions team, which always blows my mind. They're incredible. Would you keep that going and just welcome all of the campuses? We love you guys. We're pulling for you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey, just by way of continuing to celebrate amazing staff and uh, an amazing campus, our newest campus, the North Durham campus, um, they're in a school. They meet in Carrington Middle School in North Durham. And because the weather shut the school system down, uh, the school shut down. And so they were told like on Friday, I think, I'm, I, I probably don't have all the details right, but they were told on like Friday that they couldn't have church there today. Yeah, get you some of that. And they rallied, and the staff rallied, staff from different campuses and volunteers from different campuses, they rallied, and today they are having church at the Hilton on Hillsborough Road in Durham. That's a multi-site win right there. It's incredible. Way to go, Pastor Jeremy and Bradford and all of the staff over there, Pastor Charlie and Pastor Dave, just really, really good, good stuff. Hey, um, it's cold. Like, everybody say burr cold. It, it's it's burr. No, I got a better word. It's stupid cold. It's stupid cold. And uh, uh, this is why I don't live up north. Right here. This is why. And uh, I, I, how many of you? How many of you like? You're excited about this weather. Yeah, you people need Jesus bad. <laughs> wow. Um, but anyway, stupid cold. You're awesome. You got out of the bed. It's harder to get out of bed on a cold morning. Can I get a witness? 
but you fought through, way to go, way to go, way to go. Keep that up throughout January. This is not even in my plan, but I just feel like to say this right now. We're in a new year. We're talking about comeback. Statistics are showing us that most people worship in America now, Christians, about 1.5, I think it is, maybe 1.4 times a month. I know. And I say, let it never be so at New Hope. Let us be a church that gathers, listen to this, weekly. So I'm wondering today, yeah, I'm wondering today, I'm wondering today at all of our campuses if you'd make a commitment in this new season to be in church every single Sunday. And if you're sick, of course, stay home, watch it online. If you're traveling, of course, watch it online. But if you're out there watching it online with your feet kicked up and you're drinking some coffee, get your butt into church in the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? Hey, um, listen, uh, they've been selling out every single week, and we just keep making them. We keep making them. The Battle Ready uh, CD packets, the sermon packets, they're at most of our resource centers, and if they're not, you can sign up for it, but just want to just keep letting you know we'll keep making them as you guys are just eating that stuff up. Hey, um, let's pray together. Let's get into the Word, and let's pray. Father God, I pray. I pray for all of my friends who are sitting here on the brink of a brand new year. Lord, as we talked about last week, Psalm 37.4 says that if we delight ourselves in you, you will give us the desires of our heart. I know, Lord God, that I'm speaking with folks who deeply desire to delight themselves in you. And they desperately want to align their hearts with your heart. So, Father God, I pray on their behalf. I stand in the gap. Would you meet them where they are today? Would you minister, Father God, in the quiet places of the deepest corridors of their hearts, their minds, their souls? Would you reign supreme in their strength, Father God, in their lives? Would you speak through me this day? Would you use me to minister to them? We are here, Father God, listening. And we want 2018 to be a year of great growth for us and great glory for you. We pray this together in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So if, you, um, if you've been with me in previous New Year's, I tend to encourage you to think about a word for the New Year. Like, I, I tend to encourage you, like, what is going to be your word in 2018? And you, and you don't have to do this. It's just a practice that I've done over the years. And I think it's, I think it's really helpful because it gives you a focus for the year. So my question to you today would be if you haven't picked out your word, and I know some of you have because you've told me, but if you haven't picked out your word, my question to you today would be this. What might be a word for you in 2018? It could be anything, right? It, 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 I'm not even going to give you examples. It could be anything, but what would be a word that you could place on the dashboard of your life and you could use it as a, as a filtering device, as a focusing device, as a, as a means by which you keep something in front of you that you deeply desire 
and you let it be the focus of 2018. I want to let you know that when I did that last year, I had a word. And if you were here last week, you, last year, you know that I didn't share my word. I kept it close to my chest. I kept it close because it was just a little too personal last year. It was a little too tender. It was a word that I left on the dashboard of my life all of 2017. I know you didn't know it, but it was my focus word. And actually, only a few people knew what my word was. I wonder if you might have a guess what my word was. I know there's really no way for you to do that, but here's my word. Last year, not this year, last year. Comeback. That was my word. That was my word. And it's why I'm launching 2018 with this series titled what? Comeback. Last year, about this time, life was by no means falling apart for me. But it wasn't that good either. And I'm just going to share a little bit of this because I'm thinking that maybe it'll connect with some of you. This time last year, man, I was just tired. You ever just been tired? Oh, yeah, wow. It's overwhelming, right? Jeez, I was just, I was weary, man. On top of that, to be completely honest with you, I was both sad and proud that my three big kids were going off to college. Just, just you know, just sad, man. But also so stinking proud of who they are and who they are becoming. But I just had stuff going on in my life. Every night, the staff know this because they would eventually get emails from me. Every night, every night, like clockwork, I would pop up wide awake at 3 a.m. in the morning. Like, it got to the point where I didn't even have to look at the clock. And, you know, that's pretty cool at first if you're a pastor, if you're not, if you love the Lord. That's pretty cool because you think, hey, God must want to tell me something. <laughs> I'm listening, Lord. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just, yeah. and so I'd lift up and I'd listen and most of the time I didn't hear anything. And then you wait and you wait and then after, you know, that goes on and on and on and you get up and God's not saying too much to you. It's like this stinks. <laughs> I did that just to save a few emails from coming in this week. <laughs> It's, it, it's, it's so I would pop up, and this went on and on and on. I just, I just had stuff going on, man. Some stuff that I still really can't even share from the platform, no need to. And, and the great news is, the great news is, come on, 2017 was a year for me where God started to launch a comeback in my soul, a comeback in my spirit, a comeback in my life and in my ministry. And I am by no means perfect by anything, and I still got a long way to go. But thanks be to God, I am not where I was at this time last year. 
And, and while I appreciate the, 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 the applause, I really do, it means so much to me. The question I want to have for you, or maybe yet the statement that I want to say to you, and the reason I share this with you is check this out. Your most powerful first step might be admitting that you need to come back. Read that with me. Ready? Go. Your most powerful first step might be admitting that you need to come back. Write that in your teaching notes. Grab that. Follow along with me today. Because here's the thing I want to let you know. Ours is a God of the comeback. Did you hear me? Ours is the God who orchestrated the greatest comeback ever in the history of humanity. Ours was a God who sent his son Jesus Christ and he was knocked down. He was dead, crucified, and in about, in about, I think it's 83 or 84 days, we are going to celebrate the greatest comeback that has ever happened in the history of humanity, namely Easter. Ours is a God who loves to bring about comebacks. And I'm just wondering if you might be vulnerable transparent enough to just admit today that you need a comeback. If your dreams, come on, come on, have seemingly gone up in smoke, don't count God out of the equation. Did you hear me, church? If your life seems to be one set back after another, take heart when we work with God. Listen to this. Oh, don't miss this. Setbacks can be divine setups for God's comeback. Did you hear me? Say it out loud with me. Setbacks can be divine setups for God's God is in the business of giving fresh starts to people. God loves to give hope to the hopeless. The Holy Spirit loves to give direction to the directionless. Help to those who need help. And God is always good. And God's plans will prevail even, listen, even when our plans don't. God's will and comeback will prevail. And if you have any area of your life, like any area where you need a comeback, this series is for you. Now you see why you shouldn't miss a single Sunday in church. Come on, church. Now you see why God has a plan for your life. And whatever area it is where you're thinking, man, I just, I just need a comeback. I'm praying that this series will impact you deeply. Again, ours is a God of the comeback. If you don't believe me, look at the Bible. Think about the creation story. What happened? Adam and Eve, God created them. They were in a place called paradise. Everything was good. They fell into the same trap that you and I often fall into. Listen closely. They thought God was holding back something good for them. So they ate the forbidden fruit, and they fell, and they fell hard. But if you know the story, God... Didn't kill him as he could have and as he should have and as he said he would. 
but God gave them a comeback. Let the church say amen. You keep going in the Bible. I think of a dude named Noah. We love Noah, don't we? Those of you with kids, we love to tell our kids about Noah. It's such a warm, fuzzy story. He takes the animals two by two into the ark. They're fuzzy. They're warm. They don't stink. We have little teddy bears. We go over it with our kids. But we fail to tell them that when the flood was over, Noah stepped out under a gorgeous rainbow, planted a vineyard, and got drunk. I'm talking wasted. Yeah, it bro brother had a drinking problem. We don't, <laughs> we, don't, we don't tell that part. But read your Bible. But God gave him a comeback. Flip over and read Hebrews 11. I think about Abraham. Abraham was promised a son, man, a son, to carry on the lineage of God. And Abraham kept waiting. Any, anybody here ever feel like you got something in your heart, you got a vision, you got a dream, and you just wait, and you wait, and you wait, and the waiting gets old? Abraham decided he was going to go about it his way. So he decided to sleep with a maidservant. Bad move. Shut God out of the equation temporarily. But God never gave up on Abraham, though Abraham gave up on God. And when he was about 100 years old, get you some of this, church. God gave him his son. And God gave him a comeback. Think about Moses. I mean, I'm just in Genesis. Should I continue? I mean, I, I mean this, this is the God we serve. This is the God who loves to bring about a comeback. Moses, you know Moses, out in the middle of nowhere. A burning bush starts burning with flames, but it's not consumed. Moses has an anger problem, we know that. Moses has a speaking problem. Moses is timid. He doesn't want to do what God's calling him to do, but God still speaks to him. God still anoints him. God still shows him his power, and he gets his comeback. I'm telling you, church, ours is a God of the comeback. I already mentioned Jesus, right? Crucified, dead, and God orchestrated the greatest comeback ever in the history of humanity. So over the next three weeks, what I want to do is I want to do my very best to drill down and talk about some incredible comeback stories. So that maybe if you're here and you need a comeback, maybe you can be equipped and encouraged and challenged to make 2018 the best year of your life. If you believe that and you hope to receive that, let me hear a hearty amen. amen. Come on, church. I believe 2018 could be a banner year for you. I believe 2018 could be a year, I see hands just lifting up because you want to receive it, where God truly gives you the desires of your heart, where you truly delight yourself in the Lord, and you receive, and you, you sit here next year like I'm sitting here before you today, having experienced a year that will mark your life. Oh, 
So here's the premise I want to give you, and then I want to ask you a question, and then I want to give you one point of application today as we just lay the groundwork for this series. Write this down. Here's the premise. Here's the premise. I truly believe, and I can tell from the engagement here today, I truly believe that probably without exception, every single person here needs a comeback. Your comeback might look different than the person in front of you or behind you or to the left or the right or the person who's still bellied up to the bar at the Hilton on uh, Hillsborough Road in Durham. I, I just got a text from my, <laughs> I think I'll share this. I just got a text from the campus pastor's thread, and um, the, my campus pastor in the North Durham campus walked through the lobby today to get to the room where we're setting up to do church, and guess who's on the TV in the bar? Charles Stanley. I told him, I'm like, listen, when I'm preaching, brother, just tell them if they don't like the preaching, they can get up and belly up to the bar on Sunday morning and watch Charles Stanley preach. <laughs> Glory to God. But I believe that every single person here would desire a comeback in some way, shape, or form. But that's the premise. Write this down. Here's the, here's the question. How do I get one? If the, if the premise is that everyone needs one, the question that you're probably asking yourself right now is, how do I get one? That's where we're going in the next three weeks. But here's what I want to say as I just move towards one point of application. This is so important because some of you have already shifted into activity mode, action mode. You're talking about a word, pastor. Okay, I've already got my resolutions. I'm going to try to put those together. No, 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 no. Listen closely. The first step in having a comeback is not trying harder. If you're anything like me, you're action-oriented, you're task-driven, and besides that, it's New Year's. So, so many of you have already crafted out your New Year's resolutions, whether you formally put them down or whether you've formulated them in your mind. But listen to me closely, godly comebacks don't necessarily come from trying harder. Too often the solutions, come on, come on, come on, that pastors like myself provide you are shallow and cheap and they don't result in long-lasting change. You've, you've heard these messages, right? Three steps to a godly marriage. You tell me if I follow those three steps, I'm going to have a godly marriage, right? Five steps to financial fitness. You're smarter than that. And I've been doing it long enough to know that cute little slogans or formulas very rarely work for long-term life change. I mean, they, they work to help you get better and do things and apply things. I get all that. And they're needed, and sometimes we'll do that. But for the stuff I'm talking about, for a godly, transformative life change, that will carry you through the year into 2018 and beyond is not about you trying hard. Instead, the solution is a solution 
of faith that manifests itself in praise. See, it's easy, is it not? Come on, come on, come on. It's easy to praise God on top of the mountain. It's easy to praise God when on Christmas morning you got the gift you wanted. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. It's easy to praise God after you eat your favorite meal. It's easy to praise God if you're a North Carolina State fan and they beat Duke yesterday. Garner right now is going crazy. But what I want to talk to you about, if you follow me on the premise, I need a comeback. The thing you have to understand is your comeback doesn't begin with trying harder. Your comeback begins by praising God where you are. Let me show you what I mean. Open up your Bible, Psalm 63. Psalm 63, verse 1. I want you to get ready, find it in your Bible, because this is where we are today. This is where we're pretty much staying. Psalm 63, 1. If you love the word of the Lord, let me hear an amen. amen. Yeah, I can tell. Oh, God. Everybody say, oh, God. That's a great place to start. When you're in the valley, what if, what if it's just, oh, God? Hey, b- by the way, um, when I had my sleeping problems, I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping pretty good these days. And I got up, and I'd wait for hear a word from God, and often I wouldn't hear a word. Man, the house is quiet. Everybody else is sleeping sound, right? After months and months and months and months, and the staff will tell you, years of that. There were times when I would get up. I knew it was coming. 3 a.m., bam, I'm wide awake. All I could do is just start lifting my hands and saying, oh, God. Oh, God. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I even need, but, oh, God. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, what's that word, church? Earnestly, deep, in the core of my soul, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. You ever been in a land where it was just dry? You need to come back. Certain compartments of your life, certain areas of your life, it just feels dry. You know what I mean? That's the area that you need a comeback. Would you, would you read this with me? I want you to read this because I really want this to settle in. Ready, go. Oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thank you, Lord is right. The psalmist, listen to me. This is a man. This is a man who's in a place of turmoil. 
This is a man who might be like you, ma'am, who's in a place of chaos, who's in a place of brokenness, who's in a place of heartache, who's in a place of loneliness. And he's crying out, oh, God. But I want to show you something. I want to show you what happens in the passage after that. And this is the one point of application for us today. Well, you, you read that so well. Come on, at all of our campuses, all together, really nice and strong. Go. So I have looked upon you in the beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will, my lips will what? Say it again. My lips will, I will bless you as long as I live. Listen to me, church. Verse 4 is the genesis of a comeback. The very beginning of a comeback is when I realize that it doesn't come when I start trying harder. When I take out a membership at the gym, which could be good, when I do this or I do that, it comes when I decide that in the midst of my deepest hurts and pains and desires and dreams that I'm no longer even dreaming. That I decide. You decide. I'm just going to praise God. Because God is worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my praise, yes, on the mountaintop, but he's even more worthy of my praise in the valley. I'm going to praise him with my lips. I'm going to praise him. Did you notice where the psalmist said? In the what? In the sanctuary. I'm going to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday. I'm going to pray. Come on. I'm going to praise God on Sunday, but it's not just a Sunday thing. I'm going to praise God on Monday. On Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Listen, if you want to come into the sanctuary, by the way, our campuses are usually open. You can come to a campus any day during the week. But don't be fooled. It doesn't have to happen in the sanctuary. But the point is still valid. I'm going to praise my God even when life is found wanting because God is greater than my life. I'm going to praise him. If you need a comeback, let me just point it out, what I've been saying. If you need a comeback, the solution begins with trying harder. The solution begins with a gym membership. The solution begins with buying a, what are those things called, the Nutribullet and having smoothies all day? It begins with what? Praise. praise. Thank you, Lord. With praise. Don't miss this. You don't come out of the valley just by trying harder. We must first learn to praise him in the valley. I know people can be all over the map spiritually 
And I know we all experience God in different ways, but I'm telling you, praise. What? Praise is the key that unlocks the door of the comeback where God unleashes his goodness, his favor, his anointing, his praise, his blessing in your life. Praise is what unlocks the door or the window from heaven where God pours out unleashes his praise in your life. Praise unleashes his favor, his glory in and through you. Some of you came to church today just to take note on this. It's not too late. It's not too late, and you are never too far gone to have a comeback. Look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor, and say it's never too late. Now look at your other neighbor, the one you don't like as much. And this is the perfect thing to say to them, you're never too far gone. And then whisper under your breath, but I think you might be. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's never too late. Say never too late. And you're never too far gone. Say never too far gone. To experience a comeback. To reawakening those areas of your life that you've just given up on. Those promises in your life that you know God spoke into your spirit. It might have been 20 years ago in youth group. We don't even call it youth group anymore. It's student ministry, but it might have been in a college parachurch ministry. It might have been when you stood at the altar and you said, I do. It might have been when you wanted to have children, then you had them and you thought, oh, God, help me. <laughs> I met a woman yesterday. I invited her. Uh, uh, she, we met her at, at, um, at, um, at Elmo's. I took my boys to breakfast. You might have seen this on Twitter. And so I, she walked in, and she had that look. She had two kids running all over the place, and they then it was you, when you have kids, man. It's harder when it's cold. Another reason why nobody should live up north. God never intended for us to live way up there. <laughs> so she walked in and she had that look, man. And I'm a pastor, you know. I just have a pastor's heart. So I said, "How you doing?" She goes, "I'm." I'm I, I, she said something to the fact that I, I'm about to kill him. <laughs> My boys are here. They could probably remember the quote exactly, but it was something like that. It it, it was like I, I I'm about to go crazy. No, no, she said, oh, no, not kill them. She goes, I'm about to blow my, my brains out. <laughs> Seriously, that's what she said. It's kind of, whoa. And so I, I kind of just encouraged her a little bit. And then the husband came in, and I tried to say hey to him. And then, and then we went in and ate, and then they ate. And, and she, all of a sudden I heard her. She goes, turn left, turn left, turn left. She was running through Elmo's trying to steer her children to take a left to go to the restroom. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. This is not in my notes. And... Um, so uh, when she came by, the, after she took them to the bathroom, I, I said, I said, I, I'm praying for you or something like that. I said, I, I, no, I said, hang in there. I said, hang in there. She goes, thank you. She goes, and out of the blue, she goes, have you been to Silver Spot? 
Now, for those of you who don't know, Silver Spot is a movie theater, a new movie theater, somewhat new in Chapel Hill. She goes, have you been to Silver Spot? It's like, yes, I love Silver Spot because it's one of those movies where they got sofas and not sofas, recliners, and you can order food in there and all this. It's a great movie theater. She goes, I love it too. She goes, I love it because I can go in there and drink in the dark and nobody will know. Sister, if you're watching this, you need a comeback. I didn't say it to you yesterday, but where in the heck was I? It's not too late. And you're never too far. Did you hear me? Like, don't just let that pass by. It's not too late. I don't think you heard me. It's not too late. You're like, you don't know, Pastor. No, 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 it's not too late. You're never too far. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what he did. I don't care what she did. You're never too far gone with God. To have a comeback. But it all starts with praise. It all starts with praise. There's something about praise that I can't fully articulate. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. It's just in the Bible. There's something about praise that unlocks the door, opens the heavenly windows where God starts to unleash a comeback in a person's life. I didn't have this verse of scripture in my notes till pretty much this morning when I gave it to the team, but God just placed it on my heart and I said, no, Lord, the, the message is done. Lord, it's baked, it's marinated, it's ready. God said, do I know better than you? I, I, all right. So I sent him this verse, and watch this, watch this, watch this. Enter his gates with what? And his courts. Now, you know that verse, Psalm 104. Enter his gates with what? Enter his courts. If you know ancient cities, you entered into an ancient city through the gate. That's how you just, that's how you got into the, and just stepped into the area, the city, the, the, the population. But those cities had courts, and courts were where significant things happened. Courts were where significant people hung out, religious and political. Courts were where you would often run into the temple and you'd find the holy of holies. Do you see it? The psalmist is using it kind of like an analogy. Thanksgiving, though it's good, oh my Lord, let us all be more thankful in 2018. Can I get an amen? Thanksgiving is good. And the psalmist says thanksgiving will, will get you into the gates. 
It'll get you to a certain spot of communing with God. It's important. It's good. Thankful people are some of the most pleasant, blessed people on the planet. But the psalmist says, if you want to get into the courts, if you want to get where the holy of holy reigns, if you want to get where God unleashes his greatest work in your life, if you want to get to where God opens up the window of heaven and blesses your life with a comeback, the psalmist says it begins with praise. Praise. You say, what's the difference, Pastor? Thanksgiving is I just thankful for what I have. And by the way, side note, again, not in the notes. If you learn to be thankful for what you have, you'll always have what you want. Oh, my Lord, some of you came for that. <laughs> if you just learn to be thankful for what you have, content with what you have, you'll always have what you want. But what I've been wanting these days is to learn to be content in all situations but never be satisfied. To learn to be content, as Paul would say, in all situations, but never fully satisfied. Don't live your life scared. Life is too short to live your life scared to step into the comebacks that God still has for you. Because before you know it, bam, the sun will be setting on your life. We only have one life to live. It's time for a comeback. It's time to lift our hands. Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done. Thanking God for what I have. Thanking God that he woke me up this morning and breathed into me the breath of life. Thanking God that I live in America, the greatest land in the world. Thanking God that I live in Kenya. We have some Kenya staff with us today where the America and Kenya is partnering together for the gospel. Thanking God wherever you live. That's Thanksgiving. Praise, though. Praise is exalting, lifting up the name of Almighty God. It's declaring how good God is despite my circumstances. It's focusing my attention on God, knowing that as I worship Him, number one, I'm going to become like His Son, Jesus, and number two, He's going to pour out His blessings on my life. Praise often involves a posture. You know what the posture is? It's what I was doing in that bed when I couldn't even tell you about it. Oh, God. It's what I'd do when I'd go downstairs and family sleeping and I'd go outside and sit under the stars. Oh, God. Oh, God, you're still good. Oh, God, you're still worthy of my voice. You're worthy of my mind fixing on thee. You're worthy of my hands being lifted to thee. 
I praise you, God. I praise you on the mountaintop when it's easy, but I'm going to praise you on the valley when it's hard. I'm going to praise you when I need to come back. It's a posture. And I don't know if you've ever really thought about this, but if you just look over the history of humanity, humanity has always had a tendency to lift their hands. Have you ever thought about this? In jubilant celebrations, we lift our hands. I was watching the basketball game yesterday. And NC State won, and I looked out in the crowd, and what do you think all those sinners in Raleigh were doing? raising their hands. I'm going to watch a football game tomorrow night. Go dogs. And I hope Georgia beats Bama. Sorry if you're a Bama fan. But if they do, either team hands are going to go up. Jubilant times. Have you ever noticed when tsunamis hit or earthquakes or fires? What, what does humanity do in the hard times? In wars, when folks decide to surrender, what do they do? So the first thing I came to give you today is not not a solution, not to work harder, not to do these three steps, but to start 2018 out in a spirit and a humble posture of worship. To lift your hands if you feel comfortable. I know some of you don't do that. But some of you might need to get comfortable with it. We don't force you to do this. I don't know get up here and try to manipulate you to raise your hands. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You just lift up your hands as a universal sign of humanity in jubilant times and in difficult times. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. So we're going to do a song. We're going to wrap up today. And we're going to do an old hymn. An old hymn. Something powerful about the hymns. It's called, I Exalt Thee. I Exalt Thee. And I'm going to invite you, whatever it looks like at any of our campuses, whatever it looks like for you to praise God, praise Him. You might do what I often do. You might want to turn around. I'll do this on the front row. You see me sometimes. And I'll just turn around and I'll turn my chair into an altar and I'll just kneel. I think you can do that in your rows. Hopefully they're spread apart enough for you. If you want to sing with your, your face in your hand, oh God. But if you're not sure what you want to do, let me encourage you. Just raise your hands. I exalt thee. In the storm, when I'm heading into a week where it looks like the gale forces are coming against me. When I've forgotten what it's like to dream. When my heart is hard when my life 
stinks. When my marriage is nowhere near what I hoped it would be. I'm going to praise thee still. I'm going to praise you, God. I just feel led in this moment at all the campuses just to ask us to stand for prayer. Just to stand where you are. With all heads bowed. Wow, see the hands already lifting up. I love it. With all and, and listen, in the new year, have, I got an idea. How about nobody head for the door when I get finished preaching? How about that? How about that? How about God's doing something and, and we, we want to honor what God is doing? Have we ever really thought about just how selfish it might be to try to squelch that and just to get to the car first? What if we just stayed put? And then if you want to get to the car first, I believe in you. When the, last sir, when the last song is over and we send you off, run, dude. Nobody else is running. Just run. You probably need the freaking exercise anyway. Run. And get, you get in the car and you can still beat them to the restaurant. It's all good. Sorry. I'm a work in progress. Still need some comeback areas. But what if in 2018 at all of our campuses, we just didn't move, man? I know some of you, you don't care for the worship. You don't care for the singing. Others of you love the worship. But some of you just want the word. You come late and you leave early. The psalmist wasn't talking about that when he said, I'm going to praise you in the sanctuary. I'm about to preach a whole other sermon. It's time for me to move on. Time to move on. All heads bowed, eyes closed, hands raised if you feel comfortable. Wow. Yeah. Some of you are here, man, we sing this song. You're going to feel, you're going to want to lift your hands and you're going to be like, I've never done that before. So, maybe 2018 is a time of new beginnings for you. Maybe 2018 is a time where you take some bold steps. You say, you know what? I'm not ashamed of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm going to stop just raising my hands at sporting events or favorite opportunities or gatherings, but I'm going to praise God with my heart and my mind and my hands. Oh, God, we exalt thee. We praise you today because you are worthy of our praise. And none of our existential circumstances will ever change the fact that you alone are God. Oh, God, we praise you in the sanctuary. We thank you that the Hilton right now is a sanctuary. Thank you that all of our campuses, though we call them worship centers, it's your sanctuary, God. It's your house. And this ground is holy. So God, we begin this series not with some steps or active solutions. We begin this series where the Word teaches us to begin. We just want to praise you. With hands lifted high, maybe with folks kneeling low, with eyes closed, Whatever it looks like, we exalt 
we praise you. We do it all in the name of Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, Almighty God, the only one who is able to bring about the comebacks that we desire. And all of God's people said together, amen and amen and amen.